So hello everyone, uh, what an awesome game week one. We are the premium FPL, uh, at premium underscore FPL on Twitter. Um, as always, I'm joined by Mindy, but this time, I think for the first time since the 1920 season, Mindy's actually taken a lead uh, over me in the fantasy standings, over 100 points, so you must be chuffed with that. Yeah, what a weekend it was, eh? Shots, wonder strikes, limbs, tears... That was just us at the festival on Friday. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it was um, a great weekend of football. And um, the quick shout out to the FF Fest uh, thing we went to in London on Friday. It was good to meet some of the other people who create this content, do it a lot better than us, f f find out what works for them. And also just yeah, have a bit of fun talking FPL. Uh, I think we both managed to avoid making any... Uh, last minute changes we were having a few beers and quit tinkering slightly but we decided i think we both decided to just leave what we had didn't we so there was no, yeah, I, there was I, no I think, go on i think i spent the whole journey wondering whether to get ben Rama and greenwood in and i didn't get either in and i got mr well ashley barnes i called him in the last stream but harvey barnes and yeah jack Grealish, and so yeah bit of bit of regret there i knew it was always gonna be there was last two positions that would be the with the seal, wouldn't they? Because everyone has the same eight players, but nevertheless, great right. game week. So yeah, if so, so, so maybe if you'd uh, so, so for you, if you'd done those transfers after a few pints, you would have actually been better. I, for, for me, if I'd done what I was thinking, I, I would have screwed up my game with one team. So I guess that's a tale of two contrasting fortunes there. Um, but yeah, we, we we were very distracted once we started drinking. I don't think he was was gonna be making changes with um, everything that was going on. Um, let's um, get some of the uh, admin out of the way. Um, so we're recording this. If you listen to the podcast, it's half six on Tuesday. So any injury news or whatever that comes after this, we won't be familiar with that, unfortunately. And yeah, we're live on YouTube now. If you're watching live, get your um, get questions in. We'll probably answer them towards towards the end we'll try to do a, a couple there and there if, if you start coming in uh the socials uh twitter and instagram premium underscore fpl and uh if you could subscribe on youtube and like if you're watching that'd be much appreciated uh the dead the deadline this week goes back to a, a saturday deadline which is cool back feels like everything's going back to normal yeah how great was it to have the three pms unbelievable yeah it was it, it was just like in terms of just the actual football as well like some of the goals like even the, the, the way game most games were reffed and the var everything was better wasn't it yeah definitely i was flying up until about 4 30 on sunday which all came crashing down but yeah great weekend nevertheless i know you mentioned that we're going to answer the questions at the end but i will start with a couple if that's all right just because they come in Nice and quick um, from Adam and Pete. So, hi, lads. Thanks for watching. Uh, the first one, Adam, he's saying, is it worth keeping in Gundogan with his shoulder injury or straight swap for Yotta? Uh, how, what price is Gundogan? He's 7.5. I mean, I'd, I'd be looking at, well, we're, we're going to get, might cover this later as well, but at that price, I'd be looking at Greenwood now for the next few. For for that price, I think um, we saw Firmino come on. I know I know Jota scored, but I think from what I saw, Liverpool. I was only kind of half watching that game because I was kind of out and about. But 
Liverpool did look a bit better when Firmino came on. I, I think Greenwood's minutes over the next three or four might just be a bit more secure over over Jotters. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you put, we've, we've spoiled the podcast there, aren't we? But yeah, Greenwood for me, I think he was phenomenal at the weekend. I know there's a few players, Bruno, Pogba and Greenwood, but he, I think he's the one out of position up front. And um, he's only really got Cavani as competition. And yeah, I think Martial, he, he's not going to get games now, I don't think. He'll probably play here and there. He won't be a regular starter, I don't think. So I think it's his position to lose. And he, he started off really well. Um, and Pete's actually, the question is linked to that. He's saying... After Saturday's game at Old Trafford, is it Pog in or is the jury out for a few more game weeks? And it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's another one at that 7.5 mark. Yeah, I think what Pogba, like, yeah, it was an amazing game. Like some of the some of those assists, like the pass, the, the pass for the um, that set Greenwood through was like unbelievable. I just don't think like those returns are going to be sustainable for Pogba. Like four assists in a game. It's not going to happen very often. And with Pogba, you've always got, is he always going to be in that attacking position? Like he was left wing against Leeds, but in other games, he could he could be in the double pivot. You just, you don't have that security of him being like through on goal that often. Uh, so yeah, not as keen on, on Pogba. Yeah, it's interesting. If they didn't have Sancho, I could almost see... Pogba, Cavani, Greenwood until Rashford's back, but Sancho adds an old different dilemma to it, doesn't he? So, it, yeah. yeah, whether he does move back into that pivot. Um, we'll get on to the podcast then. Shall I run through the running order, let people know yeah. what we've got coming up? Go for it. Uh, if, you, if you don't like the sound of it, you can um, tune out, but I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll uh, make everyone excited for what's coming. There's actually a lot to get through. We've got... Um, the f- first thing is budget strikers. So there was a lot of talk about which which ones to go for, and n- nobody fancied any of the expensive ones. And it seems like all the sort of cheap to mid tier strikers went off. So we're going to have a look, little assessment of that of that tier, the, those assets in that tier. Uh, we've had a community question. So you've talked a lot about building value and like how it's important to do that for later in the season. Um, uh, Adam Ellis has got in touch on Twitter and asked you to specifically outline what you mean and how to do that. So it's, it's good to know people are listening and trying to take your advice seriously, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that, that is definitely something that's very pertinent at this part of the season. So we'll cover that. At and least then, someone takes me seriously, mate. <laughs> uh, and then we've got, you know, if people don't know, I support United, you support City. So we are going to talk about those teams in depth today. And one of the big talking points at the weekend, Spurs without Kane and Son didn't seem to bother Son too much. Uh, so yeah, is he is he like the third most essential player now after after Bruno and Salah, of course? Uh, and then a new thing we're trying for this season, uh, a segment called Snog Marry Avoid, uh, essentially buy hold sell, but but a bit different. And and then. The normal weekly regular premium planning team selection captain etc so yeah quite a bit today we'll have to um get going okay so we'll run through first you have the honor this week mindy of um running through your team first um i'll pick off the back of you got quite similar team there's probably three players that are different so yeah i'll, I'll let you do give the full lowdown on your on your great score 
Uh, yeah, so um, Salah captain, like most people, uh, and it was 101, was it 101 points. So just made the 100 club and the, what was the game? Yeah, so first rank of the season, 316,000. I think last season after game week one, I'm pretty sure I was like three, three and a half million. So, so much better start. That was the main thing I wanted to try and sort this season. Be nice and safe and don't do anything stupid at start. Uh, so that's mostly, mostly worked. Quite happy with most things in the team. Um, the only things I've got that are problems are development didn't play, which uh, could be annoying, but I think that's because of the COVID close contact. So I'm hoping he does come back into the first team once that's sorted. And and uh, Rafinha is one of the players that blanked. Rafinha was the player I was most unsure of in my team. It was That was the last minute decision when we were at the festival on Friday. I was sort of toying with the idea of Ben Rama, especially because you were talking about Ben Rama so much on the car journey down. Um, and yeah, Ben, ben Rama started off really well, isn't he? So that could be something I do. I could do this week um, with building team value in mind because he's not he's not going up in price yet. But yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, so yeah, happy with my week. Uh, oh, and the other thing I'm I guess I'm happy with is uh, having Son in place. That was one of my. I guess that's one of the things I've done maybe a little bit different to a lot of people. Well, the, maybe the only thing I've done differently at the start of the season is having Son in from game week one. Uh, I just, I didn't think the thing with Kane would bother him too much. And and I just, it, I knew it'd be hard to get him then if he did go off, start off really well. So, so yeah, that's that's my game week one. Cool. Yeah, great score, mate. Um, move on to mine. 95 points I get I got, so didn't quite make the 100 club. There was so many hundreds flying about this week, wasn't there? Um, but yeah, quite a similar team to you. Zimikas, Trent, getting the points there. Shaw was probably a bit unlucky to only have one point. Um, and then, obviously, Bruno, 20, Salah, captain. Um, Ings and Antonio up front. Ings was very fortunate because Aston Villa were dreadful by all accounts. When I was watching match today, I didn't watch the full game because we don't have the... The look of watching all games now, but West, I think, well, Watford were all over them, and the, he got a penalty right at the death. And before that, he didn't have a shot. So coming into the Newcastle game, um, I know Newcastle were quite leaky. So hopefully he picks up form there, and he's still got a return at the end of days on pens. That's one of the reasons we've got him in. So can't be can't begrudge that. Um, Antonio was an absolute beast, wasn't he? And then yeah, just to touch on the two midfielders that I was unsure about. As on the on the car down, I talked about Ben Rama, didn't I? And then didn't end up putting him in. Talked about Greenwood, didn't put him in, and then got two players who blanked. Um, Harvey Barnes, who Leicester were a bit lucky. I know the, the XG was lower than Wolves, wasn't it? And still managed to win one 0 So it'd be just to see the effects of that going forward. I know he's not quite fully fit, and probably if I didn't watch him in that Community Shield and see how good he was, I probably wouldn't have put him in. Um, so maybe that community shield was actually a hindrance to my team selection. Who knows? Um, and then Grealish, I thought was a funny one because City started that game on fire. 15 minutes. Mares had a great chance. I think Gundogan put one just wide. Grealish got nailed right on the edge of the box, which I thought was a penalty. Uh, penalty in fast motion, in real motion. Sorry. So I think I was a bit unlucky not to get a return there. And then obviously anyone who's got a City player this week is hoping for the, the Norwich game where they get real points. So if he blanks against Norwich, I think that 
will probably give myself a decision. And obviously Greenwood and others are emerging there. So if we have to make a transfer in the next couple of weeks, it's probably them two midfield slots. Yeah, I'd say of the um, like of those two, I'd be happier to hold Grealish than Barnes probably. If I was you, I mean, because I think I didn't watch that game, but I heard they they went to a three-five-two towards the end. Which, yeah. if they keep doing that, that does affect Barnes, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So, whereas you know, one of your big things with Grealish is that you're just like you're quite sure, like in the preseason pods, that eight million is going to be good value in that city team at that price um so yeah um both started off pretty well though can't can't, can't grumble no could do like i said could do what worse than the twitter template of, at those eight players did did come out good didn't they um yeah really should be a fascinating one because I, I did think he was uh one of city's best players on sunday uh i know he, in the end he didn't get a goal and assist but there was enough there i think threat wise that means in future weeks he'll be a strong hold we'll see um, we'll move on to the first point of the agenda around the strikers, budget strikers, just because I used this graph from TED Talks on TED Talks FPL, who we actually met on Friday night. Great account if you don't follow already. He puts together all these really cool graphs that kind of just simplifies the XG, XGA. I think it does a, a real good way of simplifying it. And you can see there, I know a few of them are probably premium assets, but there's quite a lot of mid-range strikers isn't there 6.5 to 8 you talk about Dennis who did well for Watford at the weekend um Dennis the Menace on Dennis the Menace Calvert-Lewin's on there Callum Wilson's on there Antonio's on there big chances so I just thought this graph is quite good for kind of working out which budget striker you want to have in your team yeah I just think also it's it's great that some of them quite a few of them have started well because the worry one of my worries at the start was starting with like that six to six point five bracket was oh well if Tony doesn't score like where do you go from there? But the fact that you know Armstrong scored and he's six, he's zero point five cheaper than Tony, that means that you know you can you don't have to worry about price changes that much. You know you've got somewhere to go to without to take a hit. So I think that's the main thing that sort of caught my eye at the weekend with the cheap strikers doing well. Uh, and also if at some point in the season, I'm sure most people will be looking at it game week seven. You are you're not going to be able to maybe have like Ings and Antonio. You might need a cheap, a cheap one, and then Elkaku. You, you might you're going to have to start making sacrifices in certain places. So it's um, it was a good start, but I think yeah, over the next few weeks, seeing which ones of Dennis or Armstrong etc., which ones like look like they're getting the most shots, the most chances. Uh, playing in the best sort of team for going forward will be something to watch for. Was there um, any one of them in particular that sort of surprised you or caught your eye? Dennis is probably the one that surprised me. I know Watford, Saar was was great, wasn't he, by all accounts, because Target got hauled off at half-time because he was ripping him apart. So I was surprised. Well, you can see him there and small chances created. Um, big created as well. No, he's not on the big chances. He's on small, but he created... A lot of chances. Um, and then Antonio, I watched that game, big chances at the top. Didn't think, didn't surprise me at all to see him on that list. He was brilliant. And then I saw a lot of the weekend. I only saw the game I matched the day was was there the Everton game. Apparently, they were just whipping in balls whenever they got it out wide to Calvert-Lewin. And you can see there, four small chances created, one big chance. So I've always been 
well, ever since last season, I've always loved Calvert-Lewin in, in an FPL team. I think he's such a great asset. He's, he's, his first thought is getting a shot on goal, and that's that's exactly what you want from a striker. And I just think if that Everton team is playing to his strengths, he, he's going he's gonna to be in everyone's team at some point, I feel. Yeah, I think it'll be about timing that, right, with the fixtures, won't it, Everton? Um, I, 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 uh, I think for me, the next, moving for striker now will probably be either a cheaper one to fit in Lukaku or just a or upgrading things to Lukaku. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know whether that 8 million tier is where I'm going to be looking next, but maybe at some point later on in the season, uh, especially if if sort of Rafa shows that he is going to, like the sort of stereotype with Benitez is that one goes up one or two nil, sort of shuts up shop, tactically disciplined, but if if it's a, if it is a bit different and they are just going forwards, really trying to put stuff on a plate for Calvert Lewin, and he does start getting more than a goal a game, like getting a few hauls. Because that was the other thing with him last season. Didn't what didn't always end up in the bonus, and I think was it maybe only like two or three times he got more, he got double digit points. So it, it wasn't really someone you you ever felt confident captain in last season. And I remember I think we both took him out after a while for that reason. Uh, so. Probably need. I probably want to see, yeah, double a double digit haul or something from him before I seriously consider him. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Another name that stood out was um, apparently he was playing up front. Adama Traore uh, at the weekend. You see, there small chances five, big chances one. He's someone who has never been clinical, has he? So it's almost as if if he's on that big chances, it doesn't really matter anyway because he's not going to put him in the ball in the back of the net. But if he starts to get a few goals, then maybe is he's someone that we might keep an eye on. No, his, his finishing's like yours, isn't it? <laughs> Here he is. Scored a few goals in the penalty shootout. Thinks he's buddy Thierry Henry. I've got. I've actually got my uh, my trophy from that penalty thing right here. <laughs> first bit of silverware for the season. Winning sixty points in the finishing game at Fantasy Football Fest. So uh, hopefully that's a good omen for my season. Um, yeah, but this graph will be good to follow. I'm sure TED Talks will do this weekly, and we'll see the stats start because one game is quite a tough sample to kind of gain from isn't it so once we start getting three or four games in you can kind of look at these stats and yeah bring adjust your fpl teams accordingly for sure um, yeah so that's at ted talks fpl for people who aren't following um cool yeah let's, let's move on so we'll move on to the next yeah item in the running order so it's the, the united v city debate really first game couldn't have been more contrasting in terms of how they how they played i know city had good 10 to 15 minutes but after that looked fairly toothless i know no number nines kind of banged up um across this week but it's not only that i thought they tired quite quickly and in terms of how many players they had at the euros was quite a lot i know united had Maguire and Shaw, who went deep into the tournament, whereas City had a couple of Spanish players as well who got to the semi-final, um, as well as four English players. And then they had a couple of Brazilians as well, Edison and Jesus. I know Jesus is not playing much, but I think that kind of really affected City. Hopefully, this game week against Norwich is kind of the perfect bounce back at home. You fancy him to put a few goals behind them. And if, if City don't catch fire then against Norwich, you kind of start to be concerned ahead of the Arsenal and Leicester in terms of FPL like when are they going to start to catch fire really and then on the contrast to that you got United against Leeds who the XG actually wasn't 
that high for United, but they looked like they were going to score every shot, didn't they? With Bruno, Greenwood, Pogba. Um, and yeah, I, 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 Mason Greenwood's brilliant for FPL because he's so direct, isn't he? Yeah, but so on Mason Greenwood, it's like it's quite interesting because you know, last week we you were talking about uh, stats versus eye test, and Greenwood's an interesting case this week because his stats aren't actually that good for the game. Like one shot in the box, his XG is low, only one chance created, but doesn't really tell the story of his game at all. Like the the way he was running with the ball, such how hungry he was just to take people on. Um, move into each wing quite smartly which created the room for Bruno to go through the middle into the for the chances he got he was kind of involved in even making space or in the build-up for most for most of the goals and it's one of this is like one of those examples where sometimes stats don't tell you the full picture of a game um like like we were saying last week most of the time they do but sometimes it's these ones where you you watch a game and you can maybe get a bit of an edge over people who just follow stats so Greenwood is that case here, I think, because yeah, he just t- seems to grasp the opportunity to be number nine and make his mark from the first minute of the season. Uh, the only word of caution I'd say on the game was that I was I watching it live. I was in a pub, so I couldn't really watch it that closely with a lot of people around and stuff. But it did seem that Leeds were just like I, I wasn't really sure how much credit to give United when I was watching it, thinking. Like without Calvin Phillips, Leeds do often struggle, and that did seem to be the case again. Again here, uh, like Bruno had three shots, three goals. That's not going to happen every game. That's not a sustainable rate of of scoring. Uh, so it's, that's an interesting thing to monitor like, for later in the podcast, like Bruno versus Salah for captain this week, for example. Um, so I do think, however, the, the fixtures United have got coming up, there will be more points for these players that's what i mean i'll probably be less inclined to kind of that game one bandwagon if, if, if the fixtures weren't as exciting as they are because the next two out of the three i know i know wolves looked a bit better didn't they last weekend but southampton looked terrible defensively especially without Vestergaard. and then newcastle by all accounts on the stats were the worst defensive team last weekend so i think it kind of makes that decision for you if you need to get a player in then Greenwood or a another United player would would be an easy decision for me, especially with City looking a bit n- n- well tired in, in some ways in the first game. Chelsea got a cu- couple tough couple of fixtures before the, their turn, so yeah, I think I think United's probably probably the one if I've got a premium slot or an eight million slot that I need to fill for sure. So something else to mention here, I'm not fully read up on it, but started seeing a couple of mentions about. Uh... The international break already. It seems like a buzzkill to stop talking about an international break when uh, just had a banging game week one. But um, it's like the countries that are on the red list, like some of those South American countries, Mexico, I think there might there's talk of like some of those players with those teams maybe missing like, more than just one game because of that with like quarantine etc. So that's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, we get more news on that. Um, but for example, here with Greenwood, that might mean. He gets even more of a run in striker position with if Cavani's affected further by by that stuff and having to fly away. Uh, so that's something to monitor for news later in the week. I think. Yeah, I did read that. Is it Egypt v Brazil? So I think it's Salah and a few of the Brazilian players. So yeah, that that would be a big effect across FPL. Right. Um, yes. 
We'll see yeah. what effect that has. Hopefully, hopefully be an update before we make all transfer our teams and do our transfers. Yeah. Um, before before we go on to, um, is there anything else you wanted to say on City or United? No, it, it's quite tricky because I know I was watching that City game thinking we're never going to score here, but then another extra week of training and stuff, like it wouldn't surprise you if we beat Norwich 6-0, does it? So I don't want to get carried away too much in terms of kind of being deflated about City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that they were saying on uh, Match of the Day, which was a good reminder when I was catching up on uh, Sunday's games, that, you know, people were writing off City, like, come, like, game week 9 or 10 last season and then look what happened. So, yeah, de- definitely, definitely not worried about City having a bad season just yet. Uh, before we forget, because, um, well, before I forget, because uh, I don't think I sent you the latest running order, which is my fault. A quick question we had to get out of the way from someone on Twitter, um, Adam Ellis, about team value. So I just thought we'd get that in now before I forget. Um, do you want to maybe, um, you know, shed a bit of light on it, how exactly you do that, like the tools you use when you make the transfer? Like if, if a player scores a hat-trick on Saturday, do you bring in that player on the Saturday or do you wait till the game week's fixtures are finished and do it first thing Monday, that sort of thing? Yeah, so previous years, I've probably made a transfer more often than not after the first game week because someone's kind of caught fire. This 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 year's a bit tricky because, like I say, I've got Grealish and Barnes there who I kind of want to transfer them both out if Grealish doesn't play well against Norwich. So I'll probably hold in terms of this week. But if this weekend them two don't play well and players are playing well who I want in, then I probably will act early. Um, so the tools I use is Fantasy Football Fix and it gives you a percentage of how likely that player is to rise. It tells you whether it's going to be today, tomorrow, or in two days. More often than not, it's very accurate, so you can kind of see the players going up. Say, for example, I think Bruno and Pogba were the first two players to go up. So if I really wanted Pogba for, say, I had a 7.5 player playing in my team, and I really wanted Pogba after his performance at the weekend, then I probably would have made that transfer on Saturday and just kind of... Because in the early stages of the season, there's not too much European competition or midweek games or the midweek games of Carling Cup where the first team is out of place or injuries are less um, and so forth. So I kind of, last year, it was a real effort just to bring players in who are, who are banging, but also players that I do want in my fantasy team anyway and just kind of get get on them prize rises early. So fantasy football fix is the tool that I use. And I, I do recommend kind of, siding on that philosophy for the first few games weeks of the season just because I know we talk about every week but you kind of want to stay with the pack for the first few weeks as soon as you start making risks and fall, fall away from the leaders it's quite tricky to make up that ground so if you can kind of just stay with the pack and if if you're building up that team value then as we found towards the back end of last season when me and you were playing our second wild card we'd have pretty much the same team and I'd have an extra premium player and you hated me for it so so that's, that's I, did, I didn't hate definitely. you just for that. I just hated you in general. I think last season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's def- uh, there's definitely one of, to it. One other thing to say on that, like just in terms of like being a bit smart with the strategy, uh, I'd I'd maybe recommend waiting until the game weeks, like the fixtures are finished on the Sunday. Because say for example, if you transferred out, if you brought in Pogba on Saturday for Rafinha, or for example, but then Salah got injured on the Sunday. That would that that would or not Salah because he didn't play on Sunday, but you know what I mean. If if one of your premium like really expensive players then got injured on the Sunday's fixture, 
that would then be your top priority for the game week, wouldn't it? So I, yeah. I'd, I'd probably, if you are, if you are sort of somewhat more cautious, and you don't want to be so cavalier. I think it's waiting that extra day until the game is finished and you check that all your players have made it fit through the week is something that's worth doing. Um, yeah, you, you might might not like the way it's happened so far this season as well. Like, I'm surprised Ben Rama's not moved up yet. I thought I thought I thought he would have gone up already. So maybe there's been some tweaks or something. I don't know. Like uh, Simicast has gone up, which wasn't surprising. Like at 4.0, everyone was going to jump to him. Uh, everyone's going to want that that cheap player to help them uh, have everything else up top. So well, just Robo, he... Robo was back training tonight today, wasn't he? Just to jump in there. Uh, oh, is he? He's back, tra- back training already. I don't think he'd be ready this weekend, but. I think probably got one eye on the Chelsea game, haven't they? Uh, what was the other funny thing I saw before? There's a there's a, there's another Greenwood in the game, a four point five Greenwood that plays for like another. See, I think it's Leeds, uh, and 40, I think fourteen thousand people have brought in the wrong Greenwood. <laughs> so so yeah, don't move so quick that you bring in the wrong player with the same name. That's something else to mention <laughs> there. Um, and uh, one other site that. Um, you can use for reference is uh, FPL statistics. So sometimes if um, I think because FPL they're a bit shaped that you never really know how their algorithm works with the price changes. So these these sites kind of try to to sort of mirror it the best way they can with their bots and stuff. Uh, but I think season by season it can change which one is most accurate. So it's usually one of those two, the one you mentioned, or uh, FPL statistics. So um, look those up and then yeah you got a good idea of when players are like to rise in price that's probably the best tip to um to give people yeah cool so we'll move on to next item and look at your smiley face there i know mindy was pretty much had the smile as big as sons at the weekend but i just pulled out this interesting quote really from the analyst uh, and analyst sorry um so the it says here the last seven Premier League matches that Kane's missed for Spurs has seen Son score six goals overall and only failing to convert in two of them games. Um, and that's the same as his goal tally in the last 20 Premier League appearances alongside Kane. So that is quite um, a strong statistic for me, isn't it? That even before his goal at the weekend, you probably had one eye on this stat before bringing him in. And I just thought that game at the weekend, he, he was the talisman, wasn't he? he? He loved it. And at the end of the at the end of the game, he was going round to each corner of the pitch, pretty much what Kane did. And maybe if Kane does leave, that might bring Son on to a whole new level, is my thinking. Like, he might relish being that number nine as such, being the, like, the main man at Spurs. Um, like, he he might relish that role and he might, he might become a snip at 10 million. He might, he might be worth 12 million. Yeah, well, I think the, the doubt... The only doubt I had was like Nuno and how the players would respond to the new manager sort of thing. I, w- I didn't really doubt Son and his attitude because by all accounts, he's just a like a, a good sort of joker on the training pitch, keeps everyone happy. He's all about the sort of team spirit. Uh, everyone likes to play with him. So I, I was sort of confident that he would be positive coming into the season. It was just, you know, were the other players going to be on, on that same level? Uh, and it did seem from what I saw... On the highlights that like Lucas Moura played really well. He was singled out for praise the way he was driving through. Uh, Bergwijn seemed all right from what I saw. Um, De- Deli Ali put in a, a shift in midfield, so it does look like the players are responding like to the new manager. Nuno's 
seems to have started well and got the players' respect. And Son, after the game, like in the post-match interview, he just said he just said everything you'd sort of want from a player who you sort of look into for for confidence to pick him. He just said he was he's really happy. He knows that things are going on in the background, but he he's really happy with his football and he seems happy with his contract. So I am um, yeah happy to have him, especially with the fixtures Tottenham have got coming up. I think I mentioned last week that in game weeks three and four, he becomes a captaincy option. So that was one of the swaying factors for uh, maybe compromising some other areas of my team to get him in. So I, I wouldn't say he's um, close to that sort of Bruno Salah level of a central yet, but you know he's not he's not, he's not done his case any harm with that, that way he played game one. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me was would be the easier fixtures on paper, because Spurs obviously won't play the same way that they did against City. Like the counter attack was lethal, and when teams come to sit at the Spurs stadium, like can they do that? Or when they go away against these smaller teams and they're going to sit back, It'd be interesting to see whether they still have the same threat. Because against City, they pretty much every counter attack they looked lethal, but they're not going to have the same space, are they? In, in all these fixtures, so that'll just be one to keep an eye on. That's probably why I'll give it another week before I kind of think about bringing Son in and then once he scores the inevitable hat-trick this week then game week three and four with my two transfers I think he's going to be right at the top of the list of people that I want to bring in alongside Greenwood yeah I think uh like why we've just been talking about price changes with with Son at 10 I don't think his price is going to go up because it's quite hard for people to get to him like the, the only way people can really get to him without taking a hit is if they're losing uh, Salah or Bruno which nobody's going to be doing that so so yeah, I think like you say, you, you can you can wait a week and see see if he keeps performing. Yeah, for sure. The thing that makes it easier with Son is well, if Kane does go and Spurs are playing well, then it's an easy transfer to have in. And we talked about Lukaku. If you Chelsea are playing well, he's the player to have. The trickier teams are your cities, even United's to an extent. Where if they're playing well, who do you bring in? Whereas you know, if Spurs are going to catch fire, it's going to be this guy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and the pens factor as well. You think he, you imagine he'll get them if Kane's gone. Yep. Also, we'll move on to uh, our little feature, some nice emojis there. So I'm going to take the reins this week on our stock Mario Void. So we're basically just going to do the keep, buy, and sell that concept that you see across FPL and YouTube videos. And we're just going to. Well, I'm going to talk about this week about people that I'd look to bring in, I'd look to hold in my squad, and people that I'm looking to sell, or if other people are looking to bring them in, like completely avoid them at all costs. Do you think that's is that a reasonable summary? Yeah. So uh, snog is buy, isn't it? Um, so yeah, like who who um who, who is who's getting the tongue action from you this week? Who's um <laughs> who's who's number one in the who's number one in that position? So my stock this week, even as a City fan, it pains me to say, um, is Big Mason just because, just because of his price point. Really, at seven point five, and I watched that game at, at the weekend, and like you say, his stats and shots in the box maybe might not have been as high as some other players, but I just think United's performance is very impressive, and I do think Cavani's only just come back to training, so he's going to get given the next few games, I think, and after his performance at the weekend. 
I think he's earned that spot for a while and he looks hungry after missing the Euros. He kind of, you kind of feel it that the players who haven't had an international tournament and kind of just got away in pre-season training, Trent's, Trent's another one who just looks hungry. Um, so maybe they're the players that kind of catch fire at the start of the season and then your regular players will kind of take a while. Salah's another one, no international tournament, looked starting on fire. He was brilliant. So yeah, for that reason, Mason. Just to um, stress the point, uh, for people who are listening on the podcast or um, not watching it on YouTube, uh, the graphic that's up at the moment is um, Greenwood with the um, wink kiss emoji. Uh, that's the, the graphic Callum was referring to, just um, to help uh, clarify that. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, let's should we move on to Mary, who's um, who are you wifeing up? <laughs> I'm wifing up big Mikel Antonio. I know he missed a penalty. It, it was quite a tame, but it was a good save. It, it, and he could have hit it harder. But other than that, like everything, he was just just an animal. And Newcastle's defense couldn't couldn't deal with him. His, his pace, um, and he's another one who the team kind of plays. I know Ben Rama got a few points at the weekend, but that team just kind of revolves around Antonio. You, they kind of really feel the effect when he got injured last season. So I think if they can keep him fire, fit and firing, I know the hamstrings might not hold up all season, but I think at 7.5 million, he he there's not much better value in the game in, in the forward line. Do, do, do you think he'd um, he'd be good marriage material? Do you think he'd be like, faithful, like thoughtful, considerate? How, how do you feel about that aspect? I wasn't expecting that question. I think I think, I think he's quite a loyal lad, Antonio. I know he's he's stuck with the Hammers. Would you say he could probably aim high in potentially West Ham? I know he finished sixth last season. Maybe that that is his kind of his value um, in terms of should he be aiming higher in terms of which teams. But I think he's a loyal character, and for that reason, he's going to stay in the FPL team. I think I think he'll repay the faith that I put in him. Fair play, and then. Um... The last part of this um this section of snog my avoid who's the um who's the avoid Avi Barnes is the avoid just because like you say the formation that changed at the weekend he kind of got brought off and like I say watching that community shield game kind of probably give me tinted glasses in a way because he, he was brilliant for the first half of that community shield game uh Maybe my opinion might change because I've got West Ham at the weekend and it's, it's almost as if it's Harvey Barnes v Ben Ramey in that midfield position uh, in terms of FPL. So maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong to dismiss him too early and it feels like I'm ditching him after first date. But uh, the first position, the first game wasn't too promising, but hopefully he'll catch fire in the next game. My only worry is with Dakar and Ian Acho, he won't get, won't get too many games to kind of play well. Um unless Madison's playing poorly as well. So my worry is not only his form, it's probably like the players beneath him on the subs bench that are looking to come in. So um, if you had the option of an extra free transfer this week, so say, for example, with this, you were, you know, you're on a first date, you're with you sat, Harvey Barnes sat opposite you on the table. If you had just a get-out clause, you could just backdoor it, go to the toilet and leave. Is that what you'd be doing? <laughs> yeah, potentially. I'll probably keep one Oof. eye on Ben Rama in the club next door and I'll be heading straight over. <laughs> Savage. Um, <laughs> so uh, Antonio's not going to take too kindly to that as a loyal man, is he? He's, he's heard the way you, you're not showing much loyalty here. Yeah, true. He's been, hopefully he's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> on that, uh, we just have a comment actually from Jonah6989 saying Antonio is loyal, 
but can he be trusted with his hamstrings? And that that is that is the only worry, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that's actually um, reminded me of something um, in terms of uh, how good this game week was. Um, the average points was uh, 69. So, you know, everyone's had a good time and the average is 69. <laughs> Absolutely. Any other thoughts on that? It's quite, quite fun to do. I'm looking forward to hearing your stock Mario voices next week. Yeah, so just to uh, clarify on that section, um, the way we're doing it is um, it's kind of with our own team in mind. So it's looking at the players in our team we're most looking to to sort of keep hold, uh, buy, hold or sell. So yeah, it's it's not necessarily the three for like the general game of Raw. It's kind of more looking team specific at both what we're doing. Um, so yeah, hopefully um, we'll keep improving that segment as it goes on. Something new for new for this season. See how it does. Something fun. Uh, so we'll move on to a more familiar segment um, of the podcast. So this is around the premium planning um, in terms of captaincy, because obviously the premium players that bring in are going to have a big impact on the the captains that we choose. Um, and obviously United's great performance in the first game week in Liverpool with Salah has probably swayed us towards Bruno and Salah for most weeks. But you just want to update on uh, the next couple of captains. So I mentioned before, didn't I, that um, Bruno had three shots, three goals. That's something that, you know, you can't... Say if he'd had five or six shots and got three goals, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's... With those stats, like, he could keep getting goals at that at a similar rate. But from just three shots to have got three goals, you'd sort of say that's not sustainable. Um, whereas you sort of know with, with Salah from seasons gone by, his shot volume is always high. So with the home fixture as well for, for Salah it was was it I think it was seven home wins game week one and we mentioned last week that with fans back like we expected there to be that that discrepancy between home and away wins coming back into it this season so it's, it's, it's a very small sample size one week but does sort of start to show that maybe that is something so for me still Salah this week and then look more closely at Bruno going later. The only thing I'd say for Bruno is that the way Southampton played last season, like the high line, wanting to get forward, they did show that they are a team capable of shipping loads of goals. I think actually in 2021, no team has conceded more goals than Southampton. So it is quite a close call, but I think I'm, I think I'm going to stick with Salah. Yeah, for Salah, Salah for me, uh, probably a no-brainer. The only thing that probably would have changed it, I know United had a great first week, would, would probably have been if City smashed Tottenham um, and Grealish played really well. Uh, or Mares, because Mares was debating the one week. Um, that probably would have been the only thing that changed my mind. But I don't think that'd be a real differential captain this week, captain in Grealish. And, and like you say, you don't want to... The first, second game week, if Salah scores a hat-trick, you kind of don't want to cost yourself those points so I think probably play it safe and Salah will be the what most people do this week yeah so you've, you've talked a little bit about like transfer for, are you still are you still kind of thinking you'll um save two for next week rather than make some a move this week yeah 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 I don't think if I if Barnes cost the same as Greenwood and I could have done that then that probably would have been a transfer but it's 0.5 difference um I could potentially do Barnes to Ben Rama, but I think it's probably a bit rash to do that after one week, after spending all that time tinkering the first game week. So I think for me, it's probably a hold this week and then 
kind of look to yeah game week three attack it with two transfers so for me i am considering a game week one transfer and that's rafinha out (laughs) rafinha out maybe uh i think saw and ben rama are both going to go up in value at some point this week they're both 0.5 million cheaper and Rafinha was the player in my team I was most unsure of in game week one anyway. Um, as you mentioned last week, the fixtures for the first four or five aren't great for Leeds and you didn't you didn't really expect them to go off straight away. So I do think that even just for the that sort of price rise factor, the fact that Saar especially, I, I am more hot on Ben Rama, but Saar, I do wonder like what, what are your thoughts on the fact that he, he seems the talisman at Watford. I feel like his minutes... Like ben Rama's minutes are quite secure, but Saar, you know he's going to play 90 minutes every game, I think. He's the, the main man in that team. Uh, and you, as you say, he destroyed, destroyed target. So he seems like he's more potent than he was last time he was in the league. So it's between one of those two. Uh, the, one other thing that puts me off ben Rama slightly is uh, I wonder if I wonder how it's going to work when the Europa League does start. Uh, how is... How is Moyes going to sort of manage the minutes between the competitions when that starts? But there's a bit of time for that before that kicks in. Hopefully, it's just Yamalenko and those sort of players in the Europa League, and Benrama keeps the starts in the Premier League. Um, if it, if you were in my position there with Rafinha, which which one of the two would you be looking at? It's funny you mentioned that Saar thing. I've obviously done my research, but I was reading the four four two preview this year, and I think Saar was the most minutes for Watford, even outfield or goalkeeper last year. So he's not going to get rested off. And like you say, he's probably key to the, their success, really, in terms of staying up. So he probably play every game. Um, so, yeah, he you're kind of bringing him in and not worried about rotation, whereas Ben Rahman and other players you are. So maybe that helps in that sense. But I think... I think for you personally, well, what I would do is probably Ben Rama. I just think that first game, he was brilliant. Um, and you know you're not going to play your wild card too late, are you? So you kind of, you've got that Leicester, Palace, Southampton before your United game. But around then is when people start to kind of feel the way with the wild card, especially when you look at Lukaku there, two, three, four, five, six, game week seven, Southampton. That's I know that starts a really like easy run for Chelsea. So, I kind of think for them those three game weeks, I probably probably would be swayed by, by Ben Rama and the people bring him in. But Sarah is a solid option. But I just think he'd be probably more of a differential than Ben Rama after a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's um, one to weigh up, but it's probably one I'm going to have to make a decision on quite soon if I'm going for the um, trying to beat the uh, 0.1 price rise. Um, so yeah, can't uh, can't dwell on it too long. Um, as ever, we'll um, we'll keep people updated with what we're doing on um, on Twitter and Instagram. So if you, if you uh, want to see uh, what our moves are before the end of the game week, etc., make sure you um, make sure you're following. Uh, anything else to say before we wrap up the uh, premium planning segment? No, I think that I think that's everything. Uh, just to touch on a few game weeks. Further ahead, I think it, it, it is Salah and Bruno, isn't it, for the next few? So kind of don't be worried there. The only one that kind of might differentiate is Son with Watford and um, Crystal Palace coming up. So that's one to keep an eye on for me for Son. I think if Son plays really well against Wolves this weekend and gets a couple of goals, then I might have to kind of mix things around a bit with those two transfers. 
um, and kind of get a look at bringing him in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's uh, I, I, I sort of brought Son in for, to have him as an option for those games, but then uh, now I'm looking at it, it could just be a really, really hard decision once, once we get there between... I might, might have just given myself a massive headache, but oh well. <laughs> No, I think you're jumping ahead of the curve, getting Son in. I think that first game week was kind of a bonus for you. And yeah, I'd, I'd be very confident in your position. Good good to hear. Giving you a, a bit of positivity. It's only took makes, a season, change, makes, makes a change after last season. I'd like to think my, uh, my good knowledge is kind of making effect on your decisions. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple of questions actually before we wrap up, so we'll answer them before we finish. Um, first one is from Commenter69. Have you got that option to, um, show, you know, like last week afterwards, we realised you can press a button and get them to show. Is that, does that work? Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Commenter69, I, I, uh, I wonder if he's put that 69 because that was the average and because we mentioned that, or is that just... His filthy mind. Maybe he's been watching us do Mr. Missionary and it's got, got him going. <laughs> um, so the question here is, do you guys think changing Wilson into Calvert-Lewin is a good move? I think long-term, yes, is the answer. But I think Newcastle now looking at the next two is Aston Villa and Southampton. So maybe not yet. I think long-term, yes. But when you saw Aston Villa at the weekend and you saw Southampton at the weekend, I, I would actually be very confident having Wilson for the next couple. So my decision would probably hold and do move to Calvert-Lewin at some point. Yeah, I mean, Wilson was the player I had in my first first draft I made and then I sort of moved away from him, but he is a solid option. Like, his goal involvement at Newcastle is ridiculous. So he, he is a, a very solid pick. I wouldn't be looking to ditch him after one week, as you say. And from watching the highlights in that game, it seemed like Alan Maximan started amazingly uh, and he was threatening the threatening uh, West Ham quite a lot, especially in the first half, getting balls in, which um, that's what Wilson's going to be feeding on. So I do think, uh, I don't think I'd be looking to get rid of Wilson after one week. I think if that's the move you're considering, I'd be maybe looking just to hold a transfer, have two transfers for next week. Yep, definitely. And then this next one is from Ayush. Uh, he says, do you think Mares will start the Norwich? And... The way he played against at the weekend, I'm not. I'm not fully convinced. I think the, the thing that's helping him is probably Foden's out. Sterling was probably still a bit rusty. He came off before, just before Mares. So I think that might help you put it in your favour. But I think looking at Mares' performance Community Shield at the weekend, I'm not fully confident. I think he will start personally, but I wouldn't put any money on it. How many minutes? I know De Bruyne came on in that game, didn't he? How many minutes? Did he look? How did he look? Because that shakes things up a bit if he starts as well. Well, he was the best player when he came in, came on, unsurprisingly. But it's just a question of yeah, how many minutes he can, whether he can start yet. Because obviously he's coming back from an injury, his ankle. So whether he can start or not, I I think as soon as he can, he'll be rushed into the squad. Maybe they might think that they can kind of get past Norwich without Kevin and bring him on for the last thirty. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. But I think if Mahrez does play and has another bad game week, that I think that's probably him done for an FPL asset for a while. Yeah, I think what I do with Mahrez is that I wouldn't. I people, some of the people who uh, had him in were sort of talk, they had this maybe earmarked as a captaincy option. I definitely wouldn't captain him, but 
but I'd leave him in for this week against Norwich because that's probably one of the games you've had in mind when you brought him in for. So I'd keep but wouldn't captain and then reassess. And this last one we've got from Atava at 29. Hi, hi mate. Uh, I got Gundogan out for Mbwemu. Uh I don't think that's a bad transfer to make um, going off Mbwemo's for... I know we were at FFS, but whenever anyone said anything, it was him in the bar or something else. So he, he might be a right steal at 5.5 playing up front. Um, he's saying, should he keep 2 million in the bank or upgrade Greenwood to Son? Well, if that's his transfer and he's wanting to get Greenwood out, then he must have a blooming good squad. But I can kind of see the merit in one, trying to want to get Son and shoehorn him in. But I don't think Greenwood, uh, I would be taking a minus four this week. Yeah, I wouldn't take the minus four for that. And Gundogan out, like, I think that's a sensible transfer because of uh, he's a doubt, isn't he, with the shoulder thing. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I'd, I'd I'd keep the two million in the bank for now and see. Um, if Greenwood's, I think was just as likely to haul this week as as Son is. So, it I don't think it's worth a minus four to do it because you might end up costing yourself. Cool. I think that's it for the questions this week. So thanks everyone for attending the questions. Probably sound really boring after answering those questions. Every other single one was like. I uh, just hold, be patient, don't do anything. <laughs> but um, I think you know, game was Mister Missionary for nothing, lad. Game week one, especially, like you don't really want to be making rush decisions based off one week. Um, so yeah, that's probably why it sounded a bit boring there. And I think I think having him two transfers in game week three, you could you've got a real chance to influence things there going forward. So yeah, I I would hold unless you teams in dire straits. Then I'm definitely on the side of holding this week. Yeah, fair play. So, um, yeah, if you've answered your question or you enjoyed the stream live, please uh, like it on YouTube, just as a reminder. It helps, um, helps us go up in the algorithm, uh, all that stuff. And um, hit the bell so you find out you get a notification when we next go live. Cool. Thanks all for watching. See you all next week and have a good game week.